B-Pod Studios. Get ready, get ready. It's time now for Zolak and Bertrand. Brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks on 98.5 The Sports Hub. When it comes to Drake May and Jaden Daniels, how close mm-hmm. do you believe they are to sure things, to impact guys, to franchise quarterbacks? Well, at that, you know, at this position, it's become so dependent and it always has been to a degree, but it just feels like even more so now that the, the opportunities these guys are presented are so different in terms of where they can go. And I think they can both grow into being trucks, as I like to call them. When you think about quarterbacks as trucks or trailers, trucks can pull the team along. Trailers need to get pulled by the rest of the roster. It's very, very, very rare. CJ might be a good example of it this year of like he established himself as the truck year one. Um, but for the most part, as you're getting into your career, you're going to be largely dependent on your surroundings and your supporting cast. So I think, I, look, if you tell me right now that these two guys go in a place where they're going to be protected uh, and they're going to have a, a, a real solid play caller and they're going to have at least a couple playmakers around them, I'd feel very confident in saying that both those guys are going to be successful. Uh, it's just hard for it's hard for rookie quarterbacks to be afforded that luxury because normally the teams picking up there at the very top of the draft have a pretty flawed roster. That is Mark Dominic, former general manager. Oh, sorry, wrong clip. I'm giving you the wrong info on that clip. That was the uh, Daniel Jeremiah pick Todd, clip talking about the quarterbacks. Talking about which guys. Uh, Drake May and Jaden Daniels being very close in this, in this whole thing. And, in fact, our dear friend Phil Perry... He's got a mock. Yeah. He's got a mock. And the mock is Jaden Daniels to New England in his first mock draft. You excited about this? So do you want him? Would you be excited about that? I think I would. I don't think he's going to be available. The more and more I look at this, and the more you just saw the still shots there and that, Jaden Daniels to me looks the part. You know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, tall. He's really upright. You watch him run. You watch him throw. He's got it all. And I see hiccups in May's game every once in a while. I've I've already got Daniels jumping over May. I think May's going to be sitting there at three for you. Now the question becomes, do you take Drake May or the best available? What do you do? Does that screw you up? Because if you fall in love with number five, meaning Jaden Daniels from LSU, then you're going to be stuck at three. Having to call an audible. And you better be ready to call one. Because that could happen. In about 15 minutes on draft day, you better be ready to go. And I wouldn't want you to spend two and a half months falling in love with Jaden Daniels to where that rug is pulled from out and under you with 15 minutes and you're on the clock not knowing what the hell to do. Do you think this is a good quarterback draft? I don't think it's great. I think it is. You do? I think all three of these guys could end up being real players. Yes. That never happens. I, I know it doesn't, and we've it talked this week happens. about the odds and that the odds are one or two will definitely flame out and be terrible. Yeah. The history would tell you that. But it's not always that way. I like the fact Daniels has played 55 games. And I'm not and telling you. two schools. I'm not telling you they're going to be superstars. I'm just saying they could all end up being starting level guys in the league. 
right? Caleb Williams has the most upside and the highest ceiling, and maybe he turns into Patrick Mahomes, sure. But I'm telling you that you look at all three of these guys, and I feel like there's a legitimate chance that they are actual NFL starters. You know, doesn't mean they're going to be guys who win uh, 12 games a year, but guys that are worthy of having the job. That's all. I think there are there are qualities to like about all three of these guys. And I don't think any of them are perfect, by the way. Williams looks I don't so think much any smaller. of them are the full package. Yeah. Even Williams, he looks so, so much smaller. Small. He looks so much smaller. Than I'm the so other happy two. he's going one, and they're not going to. I agree. I agree. Like get him <laughs> off. Him. I agree. I say get him off the board. Get him off the board. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't get don't get don't even do homework on it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they none of them have the complete package. Not a single one of them. But I all think they could make it. I know that sounds kind of funny to say, but the more you watch Jaden Daniels. The more there is to like. The more I do this I, all I, that, the time. That's my problem. Don't right we now. do this every year? We see a guy, and then we continue yeah. to watch him, and we're like, damn, this guy's way better yeah. than I see, thought. This Phil did it to me. Phil goes, go, go down that rabbit hole. And I started going down oh, the rabbit hole. I'm like, uh-oh, you got spend, one here. You spend four months trying to convince yourself that that's this is the it. guy. Like, that's that's what happens. And it happens to teams, too. They You know, they just... You you hear these reports like oh this team really likes this guy and then a week later it's like this team you know the same team really likes yeah. the other guy it's like they're going to spend the next you know few months basically talking themselves into and out of which player they want who makes the call we don't know that well there's the bigger problem <laughs> who actually gets to fill out the card on draft day we're not who's sure. the one who's the one who looks around the room and says hey everybody good with this. Are you good with this? Is this good? Who makes the call? And boy, how about deciding between those two, meaning Daniels or May, could be the team that edged out because of strength of schedule. See, that's what I really hate about Strength this, of schedule is, could separate is, these two players. Ultimately, this is not going to be your decision. If you're not going to move up, this is not going to be your decision. You're going to, if you're dead set on taking one of these three, then, then it's going to be the one who's left over. The same way Mac Jones was the one who was left over. I'm sorry, you can't do that. You can't look at it and say, and I don't know how many teams really do that. Like, well, then I'm gonna look at the Lawrence Taylor draft. I'm gonna look at two other pass rushers in the top three. I'm gonna say, boy, if we get one of these, I'm gonna be in love with them. It's hard to do that at quarterback. Like, oh, we love all three. Right. And I know you enjoyed don't. Drake May when he absolutely pants Syracuse this year. Did you enjoy that drubbing? I mean, about Virginia? I, did you Cat watch that one? That is, did you watch your team a, get its ass kicked by Drake yeah, May this that's year? That's not curious. an impressive quality. Yeah. There are a lot of quarterbacks. He threw for like 450 yards in that game. Yeah, yeah. take a look at the series. He crushed him. And then Virginia yeah. kicked his ass on national television. I watched because we were, we're in a away game watching it, and I'm like, ooh. I watched Although, a lot of Drake May this year. You know who else? I don't know why. Like They ended up having like some of those random 8 p.m. Saturday yeah. games. Like, you know I who don't else know. had a game like that against Syracuse? Lamar Jackson. And look at him. It, yes. Good player. Top quality NFL Might end up in the Super Bowl. Yep. League MVP. He'll smack around Syracuse, too. Won't be happening next year. What's next year? They got a new coach. Oh, that'll change things. No. He's he's bringing in, like, four stars, transfers from all over the place. Got Ohio State's quarterback coming in next year. Where's the NIL money coming from in Syracuse? (laughs) Carrier Corporation? I don't know. Where is it coming from? That's the game now. Where's your NIL money coming from? This guy's got to be, he's got to be a smooth talker. I mean, he's getting legitimate recruits up. Listen, to man, the only thing that talks now is money. That's it. Not that it was not the case before, but now it's just out in the open. So you really got to bring the dough. You really got to deliver the bag to get the recruits and transfer guys. Can't show up empty handed. 
Can't show up in the living room and talk mom and dad into sending their kid to your school anymore. Those days are over, Saban. Maybe That's now why that, he's tucked tail and left. Maybe now that Bayheim's gone, maybe that opened up some of the money from the basketball team. Uh, I do want to get to the clip that I did reference by mistake, and that's the Mark Dominic, uh, former Bucks GM, talking about what I was just mentioning, which is who the hell makes the call? And, and can you survive like that? Can you have a split front office with two guys leading it? We'll get to that and your calls next. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. It's low risk versus high reward. The Sports Hub. Elliot Wolf. What yeah, I've known him for years, right? Just known him forever. Uh, can't say enough. I mean, he's a, been around a lot of championships. He's been around a lot of different ways to do things. He's been around, you know, arguably the best coach of all time. And his dad was obviously arguably one of the best GMs of all time. So uh, I think Elliot's very much capable of the job because I think he's been so experienced. Uh, it would be, I think, an interesting move to have two people from within. To me, it comes down to what was their, if you could see it, or I would be prepping, and what was their relationship in the building, truly? And I think this is where I talk to Coach Mayo and be like, I don't want you to have somebody just because he's in the building and it's comfortable. I want you to say, like, did you like him? Did you guys collaborate? Did you talk? Because that's how Coach Morse and I got, to, he would just come down to my office. Even before he became head coach and became GM, we would just hang out and talk. But is it an awkward situation to have Macro and Elliot Wolf as almost co-GMs with no final say? And it's it's very, it's almost too collaborative and undefined. Yeah, that would be too much, I think. I agree with you. I think that would have to be defined behind closed doors where everybody would say it's collaborative, but we all know who's actually making the final call. It's a Finish Strong Friday presented by 128 Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric, the company that finishes every job strong. For the blue-collar men and women in the trades, Friday's for you, for getting up, putting on your boots, and working hard in the rain and cold to keep our homes and businesses running. It's the great men and women of the trades who keep Boston running. Happy Finish Strong Friday. We appreciate you. Uh, That was Tommy Curran talking with Mark Dominic, former GM of the Bucks. And you can hear him pretty much describe the importance of having a hierarchy in your front office and having someone who's in charge and responsible for making the decision. And from the outside, it doesn't appear the Patriots have that right now, and that should concern you. It concerns me. Who makes the call? Who makes the pick? Who sets the direction of how the personnel department will function over the next couple of months? And forget the next couple of months, the next couple of weeks that are important weeks in the NFL. Somebody's got to say at the end of it, okay, this is the pick. Are you going to rotate that every pick? Or are you going to pick it out of a hat? Or what are you going to do? How are you going to structure that? You know what's most disappointing? Who, picks, who, who calls the player? Who puts them on phone with Mr. Kraft? Who, um, who calls it into the league? Who gets, who's at the league signing the pick, handing it to the commissioner? All this is different hierarchy things that you're talking about. What's the process? Like, I get the phone. I get the actual helmet phone the day I got drafted because it was given to me by, by this collector that was uh, moving on. 
And it's so cool seeing that because then you think somebody called that phone, but who did? Who told that phone, the other guy on the other end, to pick it up and say, hey, go draft me? Who is it? I think it was Joe Mendez. I think it was Joe Mendez here with Bucko Kilroy. But I think Joe Mendez was the guy that made the call, made the pick. Okay. Bucko Kilroy was here forever. Good scout. Good front office guy. Patrick Forte was in there. Like, they had a lot of cooks in the kitchen, too. You know, it's it's weird. How I don't... Out of all the people they drafted that year, how did you wind up with the phone? Um, the guy knew I was a collector. Because the guy he's, he's kept local. it. He's local. He, he just gave it a Zoe like a year ago. He oh, bought it. He, goes, oh, yeah, okay. he just gave and it he, he sent the original draft sheet like that was documented from the league, too, that was put into the team. It all came with the phone. It's, it's a, one of the coolest things, if not the coolest thing I have. He was a Patriots collector who acquired it and held from on that to draft it for a year. very long time. That's cool. And yeah. gave it to Zoe. The, the, the helmet's actually yellowed a little bit because it's old. Yeah. He gifted him the helmet yeah. phone. It's nice. Great gift. Yeah. But, like, somebody's got to tell somebody to call somebody. Picks in, okay? But, like, we know from a collaborative standpoint, still Bill at the end. Everybody good with this? He's yeah. The one talking. That's what I want to know. He's Who asked that talking. question? Right. Who does that? They don't know yet. I honestly, truly believe they don't know that yet. Because there are going to right be now disagreements we're, in that room. We're scouting. We're scouting right now. We're not worried about that. That day's, here's, here's going to be their stand, the, the answer. That day's a long way off. We'll figure it out by then. We're still in the process of transferring and trying to do it differently than we have for the last 25 years. That's a big change. When everybody else in the league has done it their way and sort of moved around and interworking parts and changed guys out, swapped one in, bring this guy out, have this concept, throw away that concept. No, you've had the same concepts for 24 years. Now you got to be different. And now everything's new. They don't know yet. Yeah, but you've had, you know, it, supposedly, if the decision was made after Germany, you've had a while to think about all that stuff. So when does the plan get put into place here? When do we ramp all that soon, up? Soon, hopefully. Like I said, next week is Senior Bowl and, and, and East-West Shrine game. you got to have your ducks in line there. They only knew they were going to have this issue on their hands like three months ago. Right. So, of course, why, why are they not ready for this? Three weeks ago, they, didn't, they knew three months ago. No, I know. I'm saying three years ago even, maybe. <laughs> like, they've been waiting for this day. They know it's coming. They knew Bill was going to get fired, and they knew they would be starting over. And they look woefully unprepared for it. They don't have the guy. As I think you've brought up a number of times, Beetle, like we don't, we still don't really even know what direction Mayo wants to take the offense. No idea, right? And what, and the based on the interviews, he, the actual interviews, we think it's going to be uh, all West Coast guys, and we think that's the way they want to go. But they haven't said that, right? But now they're, you know, the some of those guys are coming off the board. If the people that you're interviewing aren't interested or uh, have better offers out there somewhere else, do you, is that? Is that locked in? Is that still where we're going? Or could we pivot back, as we said, you just to McDaniels and back. keep the Earhart, the Earhart Perkins? I mean, talk about not having a plan. It's My plan is we need to get young. We need to get modern. We need to go with the West Coast schemes that everyone's using with great success and integrating young players with all the time. Let's do that. And if none of those guys want to work for us, oh, we'll just keep the thing we have. What? That's your plan? What, do you want to go to be a four-win team again next year? Congratulations. Well, way to make changes. Way to fix the problems. Way to fix one of the worst offenses in team history and in, what, league history at this point. Horrible offense. Inept. And, and now they're losing players 
from that offense. They're losing some of the good players from that offense. Might lose your two they're best only, players. You might, from a talent perspective, they're going in the wrong direction. The, the center might say, I'm good, I'm done. David Andrews, like, I've had a hell of a career. He may not come back. Ugh. The right tackle might not come back. Ramondre's coming back. We know that. Pop Douglas is coming back. We know that. That's about it. Yep. That we do know. Uh, I'm reading a... a I've just you're, caught my you're talking about a thread, right? Yeah, yeah. This just happened a couple of minutes ago. Okay. So, so where, where's this thread from? Uh, this individual, who I'm not familiar with, his name is Brett Jukes. He is... Uh, let me get his title. Let me get his title. His title is Executive Vice President and Chief Brand and Communications Officer of the Blank Family of Businesses. Oh, wow. So he works for the Falcons. Yep. He's an executive with the Falcons. And 15 minutes ago, he posted on formerly what was formerly known as Twitter <laughs> about 10 or 12 tweets about the entire interview process, which he was a part of. Okay. In Atlanta. Wow. He started by saying, really excited to have Raheem Morris back in ATL as our head coach. It's been quite a month. Here are some insights from In the Room. Raheem's first interview was electric. Captured the crew on it. Many of whom had not ever worked with him. Second interview, even better. Wow. So well prepared. His time in LA has elevated him. Clearly gleaned a lot of learning and experience in an excellent Rams organization. He has a great plan and unbridled passion to work it. Some critics about how many we interviewed. That's dumb. Don't buy it. You learn so much about the league, schemes, players, good ideas, bad ideas, and so forth. Yes. It is an amazing part of the process. You also get to compare the different people and perspectives. It's very valuable. Should have happened here. Yeah. Even if you were going to keep Mayo and make Beetle him the head that. coach, Beetle you needed that. to interview other people. He goes on to write, very bullish on the talent in the coaching pipeline. Was blown away by several of our candidates. Blown away, he reiterates and mm-hmm. types again. Several interviews planned for four and a half hours went six hours. Why? Guys were so good and compelling. Most of the people we interviewed will be head coaches sooner than later. I believe that very strongly. Um, and then he says it's a complex organization that they have, and sometimes it's hard to understand on the outside. He said we're a portfolio company, and a lot of other NFL teams are not. He goes on to talking about the stadium, yeah. uh, some of their other holdings. Get to the good stuff. And then he goes back to the coaching search. Mm-hmm. I could not be more proud of my colleagues and how this search was executed. Incredible experience. There was never any panic or discombobulation. From the first day, we knew how much of our job, how much our job was coveted. People wanted this. We ran our process. Crazy takes on the timing of interviews are laughable. First, the new rules this year dictated a lot. Second, schedules for everyone dictated a lot. And third, we ran our process in spite of the noise. Some media did a really good job on this. Okay. And then he finishes by saying, I'm jacked up about Raheem Morris. Uh, he says, if Mike Tomlin and Sean McVay were, are raving about Raheem as a head coach, maybe let that outweigh what Joe on Twitter or Fred on sports radio thinks. Shots fired across the ballot and toucher. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He says, 
Love seeing how excited our players, other players, and so many others around the league are for Raheem and in our building. Really bullish on many of our other candidates. Great young talent out there. Again, there was never panic, just process. Don't believe anything else. Rise up. Great young talent out there. Hasn't even mentioned Never once, once does he mention the old talent in that search. The guy that he interviewed twice. Says most of the guys we interviewed are going to be head coaches sooner rather than later. Most. Most of Is them. Is Bill one of those guys? The seven the seventy year old probably not. Wow. But again, that important one was the value on conducting a search. They conducted a wide, comprehensive search with a lot of interviews, dedicated a lot of time. They gained perspective. He came away they learning gained information. They learned a lot of things. And because of that, they have great confidence in their hire. It was it was a point that we made weeks ago after they announced the Mayo hire. It's that they didn't go outside the organization just to solicit opinions. What did we just talk about about Belichick? You know, with the the interview that they did on the morning show this morning, talking about how you bring him in if he, like Pick other teams brain. outside of the Falcons just bring him in for the day and let him tell you what he would do with the organization. You can learn a lot from that. The Patriots didn't do that for anybody. Not a single person. Keep it rolling. They didn't want to get any outside perspectives. Like, no, we already got our guy. Yeah, but you still still can interview people. What a great thread. Can you imagine someone from the Patriots doing something oh like that? He's shot the next day. I, You know what? I'd like Robin Glazer to start doing this now that she's <laughs> on the football side of things. And I know she likes LinkedIn, so I know she's got social media to a degree. That's more of a business social media. I'd like for her to get a Twitter account and start doing this. This could be fun. Rise up indeed. 617-779-0985. Coming up next, read. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. <laughs> Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. In the middle of your day, they're in the middle of Boston sports. Solak and Bertrand on the Sports Hub. It's time to read. Uh, Which which fan, which fan of, which player are you more of a fan of? And react. I have two bad owls in my yard. With Solak and Bertrand. Welcome back to the 11 o'clock hour, Solak and Bertrand. On 98.5, the Sports Hub. Dump, dump. We never react. Dump, dump, dump. We never react. Woo! Let's just get right into it. It's that time. It's that time, Mr. Syracuse guy. Ready to read, read, and react. This is our last Friday read and react. Oh, shut up. We're going to do what do you uh, mean? We'll do what this we want to do. our last Friday Two weeks left. What do you mean? Season. We you got a it. Super Bowl show you coming up. Executive decisions. This is our last Friday Read and React, so we're going to do best of transitions. Oh, good. Why is it our last Friday Read and React? <laughs> that eyes, can you? <laughs> react. We started the AFC. I want to have a show discussion here, and, no, and T-Bone will not engage. We've never done one for the Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you that Friday. We've never done one for the bye week. 
I, I, well, the bye week I get. Why you wouldn't do one for the No, bye. we've never done one for the Super Bowl. We have done one for the Super Bowl. Yeah, we have. Not How do you Friday not night. have a read and react during There's the Super so Bowl? Much There's so much crap from Friday the week to react to. It's nothing but reaction all week. Yeah. You guys are crazy. We never did them at the Super Bowl. Because Fridays were jam. Thank you. It's exit day. How do you find four sound bites during Super Bowl? Week? So this is our last Friday read and react. Yeah. So we're going to do best of transitions. So what are they? Yeah, we, we kind of works. That's one? Uh, that's good. That's yeah, stupid. way to that's finish strong. <laughs> Smell eyes, can you? Wank. Wank. React. All right, we start in the AFC with the Chiefs. And when you talk about the Chiefs, of course, you talk about Taylor Swift. Oh, so Andy Reid said this week that neither she nor anything else has been a distraction for Travis Kelsey. You know, he, he kind of worked through some being banged up. And I think that week off there helped him. Um, and... But I, I haven't seen anything with his relationship, with his off-the-field stuff, with the commercials and Saturday Night Live, all that stuff. He just he just goes. I think that all plays into what he is. I mean, that's that's just part of it. He does all that stuff real easy. So um, I don't think it gets him out of uh, out of his personality, and he has to change it all. I mean, first of all, commercials and all that are filmed in the offseason. Yeah. Saturday Night Live, and that's done after the year. You're going to a press conference and asking a coach, Coach, do you think this guy's girlfriend is a problem? Oh, is God. it a distraction? Again, my, my issue is more with the media that go and cover it. Like Your one question of the week to the guy that's going to be maybe in the Super Bowl is, what do you think about the one guy and girl's well, going out with? Andy Reid can't get on anybody for doing commercials. He's in a State Farm commercial every yeah. six minutes. Great, great. googly moogly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, he's right, though. That week off helped him. Helped him get a little bit more healthy. He was nicked up. Um, he came on more at the end of the year, and he had a good game last week in Buffalo. How do you not cover him? Like, stupid Buffalo. God. All right. Carpe Omnia. Sees everything. Sees the CC's Pizza Bar. You eat as much pizza as you everything. want. Then you go to Country Buffet, and we seize that. Well, on the other side of that game, the Ravens know they have, have a tough test against the Chiefs' offense, but linebacker Roquan Smith says their defense will be a tough test, too. He puts his pants on just like any any other quarterback. Yes, he's an elite quarterback, but at the end of the day, we're an elite defense, and that's that's our job, to stop the opposing offense, and that's what we're, that's our job, play in and play out, and that's what we got to do. It sounds a little like Todd Bowles. <laughs> he does. Oh, they got Roquan Smith, too, huh? Jesus. Feel like Patrick That's a Mahomes. nasty defense, man. I feel like Mahomes doesn't necessarily put his pants on one leg at a time. Just jumps uh, yeah, in. Yeah, I feel just like jumps uh, in with put it both in the feet at the same time. <laughs> what? No, he, he's special. Special talent, right? Yeah. No way he puts those on just one at a time. He's too fast. Plus, you got to put the tights on first. It's like hang them up and jump right in. Yeah. I think you could see one of these games on Sunday where Patrick Mahomes gets frustrated i want him with the inability of guys to hang on to footballs with the inability for guys to adjust on a route right it's gonna be tighter it's gonna be one of those days he's gonna get knocked around a little bit on sunday yep after the whistle does his little walk to the sidelines yeah (laughs) but i'll I'll tell you this that's that's the sound that he makes too you can tell if the chiefs pull off the upset at Baltimore, it is going to be one of the most talked about clutch performances yep. of Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be on him whether he elevates them or not. 
this is like all eyes on him. And they'll be massive heavy favorites. I have faith in him. I don't have faith in the other guys on that side of the ball for that team. That Those are the guys. That Hardman's going to put on the ground once or twice. He don't like contact. Two times he got hit last week, he fumbled. Yeah. Read and react. Read. I'd like to ask Drew if he ever gets nervous before a big game. <laughs> react. Over in the NFC, Kyle Shanahan, plenty of praise for the quarterback on the other side, Jared Goff, this week. I think he's showing some of the stuff that he did in L.A. I mean, you go with Jared, I mean, he built for a number of years, especially, you know, I think 17, 18, really 18. I mean, he played at MVP-type level. Um, when Jared's, um, when they give him a good scheme, when he's got good people around him, um, Jared's going to always find the spot. He's as accurate as any quarterback I've seen. Um, he can play at a very top level. If you sit and make things easy for him, um, he will gas you. I've seen it over and over, whether it's with the Rams, whether it's with Detroit, and um, that's why you challenge it. You better be on your stuff or you can embarrass you fast. With good people around him and in a good scheme. You put that in there. That feels like a dig, doesn't little, it? A little bit of a dig there. Like, yeah, you don't see him with Jared. Like, it's kind of like your guy. Buddy. That's a, he I, can make all the throws. Yeah. Kind of like, like <laughs> your guy. All right, uh, you got to choose a quarterback for your team. Do you want Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? Goff. Goff. Goff's the better kind of quarterback kind of in this close. game. Yep. I want to be staring at Brock Purdy's legs. Because remember what Breer told us? Got, you keep ta- talking about you think he's got, like, fat legs. Breer, Breer told us, like, he talked him. to Lynch. Like, what's what do you see? Like, he's a running. He goes, like, no, no, no. Look at him waist down. Check him out waist down. He's got legs of a running back. Thick thighs. Zappy's a little bit like this, too. Just thick legs. Jeez. Like, what? Purdy's quads are. Yeah, Zoe keeps talking about they're them. They're like loaves of you, bread. You watch him walk <laughs> in. You watch him walk in, like, before the game. It's almost like his legs are rubbing together. He's got like those acid wash white, like whitish jeans on. He's got like a members only jacket carrying his bag and his legs are like waddling and rubbing together. Man. So they like him. They said it helps him pocket movement, strength, pivot, core, all that. What a fucking interception that was. (laughs) Said that one time this year. Jesus. And finally, Dan Campbell asked this week whether or not his old coach, Bill Parcells, has reached out during the playoff run. Thank you. Did I say this the other day? Did I say this to you? I thought Hey, say congratulations. Shoes. Shoes. Did you watch the game the other time? San Francisco the other day? All the slips, the falls, the everything. And that's, that's Coach Parcells. Classic. He's right. He'll always give you some substance. Shoes. Hey, honey, why don't you get some shoes at work? Curtis, you how you got your high heels on today running up in there? Plant your, plant your damn cleat and get in there. Okay. Get some shoes at work, Jefferson. What the hell's this stuff? Yeah. Shoes. Jefferson. Shoes. Yeah. All right. Shoes. I just picture him listening to our, sh- uh, like our show every day, and he texts Zoe after it and says, congratulations, pies. <laughs> pies? Pies? What? What's pie? Can I sell pies here? Oh, pies here. Pies. <laughs> pies. Three. You got to take your hand off that. That's okay. Sorry. Thing. Sorry. <laughs> so I think it gets. <laughs> sorry. I my, it's like bumping into my face. Bend it. Ray, let me help React. Mike Reese with his headset. That's what that was from. Thank you. That is read and react. Uh, Follow up to the Kayshawn Booty 
arrest yesterday. Before the show was over, we didn't have all the details that have since emerged on that case. Oh, we know now. <laughs> we certainly have more details now. That's coming up next. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. Scott Solak, Mike Bertrand, Solak and Bertrand, 98.5 The Sports Zone. Let me tell you what Dum Dum did. Now, you would think, Ocho, you know you're not supposed to be gambling. Right. Illegal gambling, or definitely not be gambling on college football or your games. Guess what Dum guess what his username was? I'm going to give you one guess what you think his, his username was. Um, K, uh, I'm saying his first name K Sean B. Okay, K Sean last name B. Maybe K B and his number. Am I right? So let that sink in, people. Out, ladies was in the I, chat, was ladies I wrong and gentlemen right? in the chat. His username to place these illegal bets was K Sean Boutte. Wait, his you, actual yo, name? You sure? His actual name. How you think they call Dum Dum? He used his real name. Thank you. That's why he get the Dumb Dumb of the Day Award. So, hold up. He was placing so many bets that that account couldn't handle it. So he had to get another account. Guess what this one was? Kayshawn Boutte, 0-1. Uh, Shannon Sharp going off on Kayshawn Booty. <laughs> Some of the details are remarkable. Including that one, using his own name yeah, in, in the screen name, if you will. You know, and I know we're going to talk about booty here, but I just get a kick out of the guys that just so blatantly get busted on things, like having stuff sent to your actual house. You know, remember the Robert Parrish FedEx that right to me, the weed? Um, <laughs> remember Rodney, Rodney Harrison? Rodney, Rodney, yep, the credit UPS, card, credit right card receipts, UPS, all of it. Yes. And with the... Antenna's up and ears up with the gambling thing, and the league is just like so dead set against guys doing it or anybody. Like they read me the right act. Like, hey, you're you call games for the team. Yeah, we don't like you in casinos. We don't like you gambling. We don't like any of that stuff. If you do it, it's one strike, you're out. Like that's that's legit. Now, this all happened at LSU, so this wasn't New England stuff. But man, where do you go at LSU? You had no clue, huh? Where do you get the money? Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars injured in eighty dollar bets, year. right? Listen, so it, according to Chad Graff, thousand bets over says, eight thousand bets. According to the affidavit, in twenty twenty two, he placed fifteen hundred and twenty bets, totaling four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That is an average bet of about three hundred bucks, and he he lost sixty five grand. He's pretty so good. He, bet, he wagered about four hundred and fifty thousand. He br- he w- took in three hundred eighty five thousand. So he lost about sixty five grand. The next year, he allegedly wagered one hundred eighty six thousand and lost sixteen grand of that, and placed nearly nine thousand bets, eighty nine hundred bets, allegedly while underage. I believe they said 17 of them were NCAA football games and six of them involved LSU while he was a player there. 
And that's where the real fun begins. So he did his best to stay away from his own team and his own games. Right. But he just couldn't help himself. So that averages out to uh, 22 and a half bets a day, if you do the math, the period of time that is covered, which is from April in 2022 until May of 2023, after he had been drafted by the Patriots. So he's got to be betting on, like, Korean soccer then, right? Because there are some days where there's not twenty, there's not like thirty things to bet on. Kayshawn Booty, welcome to the Bankroll Boys. <laughs> Special guest analyst every Saturday morning, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Have him in. Have him give his thoughts on how it's going to go over a course of three hundred and ninety-six days. Again, the gambling company was the one that reached out to authorities. The Louisiana State Police Gaming Enforcement Division was contacted regarding sports wagers made by a prohibited person. And so maybe his profile was raised after being drafted. Maybe they are running the names of NFL players. This is how I imagine this goes on because I know that they are sort of the big online wagering websites are all in contact with the NFL, right? right? So yeah. they are maintaining a database of NFL player names. Yep. And I wonder if that's how this came to be. They're not running the names of all the oh, kids in college. Oh, good point, Beatle. They're running the names of all the kids, kids, guys right, that right. are in the NFL. Yep. They're, they're looking for right. accounts that might be linked to NFL players. Shared and information. And that's how yep. it went on for over a year. And then the 2023 NFL draft happens. And that was April 27th and 20, uh, 20, what did he get drafted? That last weekend in April last year. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of weeks later, after the lists are updated, Kayshawn Booty, now an NFL player, his name pops up. Wow. Oh, hey, I think we might have an NFL player here with an account. Yeah, because I think I saw that they started this in, like, July. They've been looking into this now. Like, it's been since last summer. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. He, I believe I, they, I believe they, you know, they were made aware of this, or the league was made aware of this, like, last summer, that this was, an investigation was underway. Mm. So that would, that would track. So the Patriots yesterday probably weren't surprised to learn about this. Is that what we're assuming? I'm going to guess not. I thought the Patriots, in their brief statement, were trying to minimize what it is he was doing. I think he might be surprised by the the volume of it. Well, the the issue the issue for them and the league becomes did he really quit gambling when he moved out of college? Probably not. Right? When he left Louisiana, did he leave all that behind? Yeah, on May 7th of last year, did he stop gambling? Right. He just cold turkey didn't gamble anymore after yeah. placing 20 plus bets a day? Normal addicts don't. Yeah, I mean, you're betting you're yeah. betting almost a half a million dollars in a year. That that's not something that you just, now you got real money yeah now, yeah. now, money you now you've got with. NFL now you got paychecks coming in. Yep. Uh, here's what the statement said: The New England Patriots are aware that Kayshawn Booty is cooperating with Louisiana police regarding their investigation into an underage gambling charge. Is that really what this is about? That he's underage? Is yes. that really the lead? Well, no, but that is that's that is computer the charge. fraud. I know it is yes. computer fraud, gambling, all of it. Yeah, the underage. If he was doing if he was 21 and he did the same thing, then there's no criminal charge there. Uh, into an underage gambling charge while he was a student at Louisiana State University. I don't anticipate we'll be providing any additional comments at this time. It just feels like there's some downplaying of it there. That they they, they could have just said, we're aware that he's uh, cooperating with police in Louisiana related to a criminal investigation. But they 
they slide in the underage gambling like it was you know a kid who was 17 buying a scratch ticket like well uh, he's betting on it, games he was playing in it does huge no no it does feel a little harsh that you give a 20 year old a felony charge for trying to slip some bets in well, again though under but, the radar like this is where now you're really going to get to see about mayo like okay, so you know Bill, yeah. Bill, Bill first, was allowed. First I mean, disciplinary look, issue. Look what happened with, with Jonathan. Right? I mean, look what happened with um with Jones last year and the guns. Like they kept him around. They were quiet on that. They let this thing play out. Who values it more? Who values it less now? See who's running the team, right? Who's going to have one strike, two strike, three strikes, depending on talent? Because always the guys with the most talent are always going to get the benefit of the doubt. You saw that with AB here. You th- saw that with Jones, Jack Jones. Um, now this is where okay, you, you got to make real decisions, like on players. Like I don't want this type of player in my in my in my building. Does Gerard feel that way, or does it not? Gerard's call is it above him? We don't know. That's kind of where you get advised, right? Like senior advisor to the coach. That's who's personnel decision. You know, ultimate personnel that's, decision. That's maker. where you're leaning on that. Person with a little bit of a law background, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're going to look at here. Bill probably wouldn't entertain it. It's my decision. Hey, we're keeping it around. Don't worry about it. Whatever. Let it play out. Uh, let's get to headlines. 90 seconds. Why don't we come back, catch up on our calls? Thanks for waiting. We'll do that in just a moment.